We're back with a new episode of Home is Where the Bear Is. For people that were listening to the series a while back, we kind of fell off. Uh, people got busy and yeah, a couple of guests pulled out. Um, we talk about that at the start of the show. Basically, it's me and Nick from Molly Rose. And we're going to be getting back on track and talking to some people about uh, how, to, how to run a brewery, how to run a brewery pub in the neighborhood that he's in. Uh, go back through the Isle of a Time feed and check out some of the older ones. If you're not up to speed, um, or you can find them all on aleofatime.com. Anyway, uh, let's let's go for our chat and a bit of a catch-up with Nick. I think this is only number four. Man. Yeah. We came out of the gate so hard. We did. We did really well and then fell off the map. I think what happened was some guests just didn't quite work out. Um, and then you were opening a brew pub. Yep. Exactly. Things get away on you. It did. It did. And uh, I don't mean you specifically on, on the Royal. Yeah. Us. On us. Yeah. yeah. yeah it did. Yeah. Um, but now we're back. Yeah. We're back and we've got great plans. Okay. Good, good. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> the plans we just made. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of, it'll be cool to do an update on where Molly Rose is at. Because uh, sitting right here, it's a lot different from when we were sitting here. There's power. There's, there's power there's on. The first noticeable yeah, thing. There, there are lights hanging from the roof and uh, there's beer. Mm. There's tanks full of beer and there's beer pouring off the taps. There's staff, there's people working here. Yep, exactly. Toasted sandwiches being eaten. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about these lights. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me about your lights? Because they're at fun angles. Yeah, yeah. That that was uh, that was a fun exercise for a mate of mine or two mates of mine. One's an architect and the other's a project manager. So they drew all these pictures and used all these angles, and it was all because we didn't have a laser to do. It okay. To, <laughs> like yeah, it's like a hundred dollar tool and we'd just be able to do that really easily but it took them like six hours to work out the angles they should be on um, what what, is, the, what do they need to work out like just to get them all symmetrical yeah yeah exactly so these lights we're talking about are in a zigzag pattern down the hallway of the brewery uh for those who can't see them right now which is only people or everyone that isn't us yes or unless someone's listening to it while they're in here they that'd be meta yeah I wonder if there's something in that. We'll talk about that later. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, it's great. I like it. It adds a bit of a touch. And I guess there's the art on the walls um, yep. is kind of fits into that uh, geometric, abstract Absolutely, look. yeah. Um, can you... Who does the art? So, a lady named Claudia. She's incredible. Uh, she's a, a design business uh, called Cloudy & Co. So, make sure you check her out. She's on Instagram. Does some really beautiful work. I don't think she's done beer in the past, so I was really excited to work with her, and she was really excited to work on some beer. Um, so the shapes are actually abstract representations of yeast Ooh. cells and how they interact with each other. Um, and then, yeah, using the, the letters from my logo as well, mm. Molly Rose. So oh. are those, is that going to translate into labels? It is. Cool. So, labels coming up very soon for cans. So, the cans are all going to have similar similar labels to the posters on the wall. Yep. Uh, and they're coming out, uh, I don't know when this podcast is coming out. Uh, hopefully before next week. Okay. <laughs> cool. So coming out next week. Coming out next week. So, cans are being launched on Friday, on Saturday, August 3rd. Cool. What are you putting in the cans? We've got a new IPA. A hoppy dark ale and a Japanese dark lager that I've made before. Mm. So the Kuro. How do you think that's going to go in cans and market? Hopefully well. I, I, w- I 
thought it would go well. I hadn't questioned it yet. Thanks, Luke. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like I do this to you a lot. Yeah. I, I ask you, it like I don't know. I, I, I think it'll go well. I think it's a fun... It's a style that I think will translate to people being curious about it. Yep. Um, yep. And while it sounds quite abstract and odd, the beer is quite... Well, I think it's quite well balanced mm. and it, it doesn't show too much of the kombu that's in it. It doesn't show too much of the smoke and they all kind of tie in quite nicely to mm. make a, a pretty well-rounded, pretty clean finishing beer. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Sorry for scaring you about it. That's all right. <laughs> that's okay. I, uh, yeah. I hope it goes well. How widely are your cans going to go at the start? Um, Melbourne, Sydney? Maybe Melbourne? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, possibly some Sydney, uh, not too much, yep. but mainly Mel- Mel- mainly Melbourne, some in Adelaide and maybe some in Sydney. Cool. Uh, but that'll be like one or two shops in those other cities. Yeah. Uh, best way to get them would be to come to the brewery though. Mm. So. It's the brewery. Yeah. That's kind of, it's, this is, podcast is called Home is oh. Where the Beer Is. Yeah. Um, as we said, it's a, f- a working space now. Yes. What... I want to just go, I guess, go hard, go straight in for... Yeah, hit what, me with it. What were the, what's the challenge that you didn't see coming with this project? Oh. The challenge... Well, just recently, the challenge that I've had is trying to achieve anything. Uh, anything new or anything that I need to finish off from before we opened. Mm. Didn't realise how hard it would be um, with the hospitality venue running Thursday through Sunday... Uh, Thursday's kind of taken up with mad rush around trying to get kegs ready, trying to clean up the brewery, get it ready for, for people to come in. Uh, Monday's kind of taken up with tidying up from the weekend and still trying to figure out what we're doing because we're very new to it. Mm. So a bit of a, a rehashing of the weekend and a thinking about what we could do better. Um, and that leaves me Tuesday to make beer. <laughs> um and then doesn't leave me any time to do the things that you need to do when you run a business. So, and yeah, I don't have any time to jump on the tools and fix up problems, tidy things up. And then, yeah. So that, that's, that's what I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Hospitality being you're on top of a brewery at the same time. Yes. Gives um, you zero time to do anything. How many staff do you have at the moment? So, full-time staff. It's just myself and Simon... Uh, who is the venue manager. Yep. Uh, and then I think we've got five other casual staff. I've got an assistant brewer in the brewery. So where are you brewing? Um, you're not brewing here? So no, not brewing here. I've done a, a couple of pilot brews here mm-hmm. um, and a little collaboration brew that maybe we'll talk about in a bit. Okay. Um, but... I've got three beers in tank at the moment, about to go to the cans, and two of them came from Colonial. Yep. Uh, great guys over there. They've helped me a lot. Uh, always willing to help out, um, wash kegs for me, brew the work. They fit me into their very busy schedule because, as everybody knows, the, the beer's just going everywhere at the moment from mm. Colonial. Mm. Uh, and they're doing, making great beer and it's selling, which mm. is awesome for them. But yeah, they've been able to fit in a couple of brews for me. Uh, and yeah, the guys at Stomping Ground just around the corner also flat out, but also have fit in yeah, a couple of little brews for me. Which is kind of cool. You look at, I think in particularly Colonial, um, you know, they have a, it's a large company. Mm-hmm. People probably might not realise how big that, that business is or the, the parent business. Um, you know, they've got, I mean, look, look on the Colonial Leisure Group website, There's a, it's a huge, a huge company. Massive, yeah. Um, but they're still, and I've heard this from other people that they're, willing to share their resources pretty pretty um yeah with a few different people so yeah that's kind of cool yeah yeah and they make they make great beer and they're all really good people so mm. i mean i try i trust them to make my beer same mm. as stomping ground yep. trust them to make my beer as well and yeah it's cool seeing businesses like that that have those resources letting people use them or share, yep. share them at least and, absolutely and, um yeah. yeah yeah so Tell me about the beers, uh, the approach to the beers. Has anything changed in your original plans to what's pouring on tap now? 
not nothing's changed. This is always kind of how I how I had imagined the bar. What other people hadn't realised is that I wasn't going to be uh, a purely farmhouse and sour saison-y type brand uh, because that's all I could make before using my um, using my pilot brewery fermenting in barrels and bottle conditioning those styles are conducive to bottle conditioning and using uh, rugged equipment whereas hop forward beers and light lagers and things like that just won't survive mm. so I got pigeonholed into the farmhouse side of things and now I'm producing IPAs and hoppy things and that kind of stuff. And I've got them on tap and people are like, oh, that's not really your style, is it? And I'm like, well, it is, actually. <laughs> it's interesting because uh, I think in my mind I've always pigeonholed you in that space, mm-hmm. even though I I know that, that was never the case. Like yeah. One of your first beers was a West Coast IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you've always wanted to do that, but I think if you look at the bottle design and what was happening at the same time with places like Wildflower or, yep. or Last Iren and... Immediately you just think, oh yeah, that's what Molly Rose is. Is that a problem or a? Oh, it's not a problem, and I'm not upset about it. Mm. Uh, it's just, yeah, yeah. You're asking if my approach to the beer had changed. It has changed, but only in the fact that I've got good equipment and I'm able to make IPAs now yeah. and hoppy beers now. Which is always your approach. It was always yeah. going to be my approach, but yeah. I think it's fun, yeah. um, and I kind of like the idea of people coming in and going. Oh, they've got an IPA and a pail. Yep. And they're really good IPAs and pails that people might not. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, reckon, um, I reckon they're all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and next week we're going to have a second IPA and a, a hoppy dark ale. Like, so it's four very hop-driven beers mm. uh, on tap. But there's still... How many taps do you have? Uh, ten. Yeah. So there's still like three or four variations of a Saison here. Yep. Um... Citrus sour, yep. which I love that beer. Yeah, the coffee citrus sour. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. There's a few fun things on the horizon with coffee as well. Awesome. Can you yeah. talk about the beer itself a little bit? What what makes it fun? Um, this is the second time I've made it. And this time I sp- split the batch in three and used three different coffees. Mm. Um, so it's a sour beer that's fermented on grapefruits, oranges, and mandarins. Uh, barrel fermented. And then... Conditioned, chilled, and then in the bright tank. So when the beer is essentially uh, finished, I dose back in uh, filter coffee. Are you a filter coffee drinker? I am a massive filter coffee okay. drinker, yeah. Because people that don't drink filter coffee probably don't. You know, the nuances and the, the flavor of filter coffee is quite different to, to espresso. It, it is, it is. And so the, the first beer we did... The first sour times we did, it was with uh, a friend of mine who, friends of mine who have a roastery in the McLaren Vale, Dawn Patrol, and we lined up a whole bunch of V60s, did a whole bunch of different filter coffees from all around the world, um, and then had six different beers lined up, all saisony, farmhousey, sour stuff, because we decided we didn't want to do a stout or a porter or anything like that, and yeah, just dosed in little bits between five and twenty percent of coffee and ended up we really liked it in uh, the Sour Tom which Mm. is a sour strawberry ale I was like guys we can't do that that's already a really good beer leave it alone (laughs) Um, uh, kind of semi-inspired somewhat by uh, coffee spritzers as well when you take a a tonic water or a homemade lemonade and you drop some coffee into it really delicious served and ice coffee Uh, spritz in summertime is yeah so so good so yeah bit of citrus bit of coffee and it's our beer like sounds odd but when you dissect it the flavors kind of work together mm. it's the first time i had it was at the gala showcase here in uh, melbourne and i loved it and i told everyone to get it i don't think anyone actually did <laughs> that i told um people were were they raving about your beers the gatorade one yeah um gator ale gator ale and I, I don't know why. Like, normally if I rave about something, people that I know... You've got, you've got pull? Well, the people that, that I know... Saying, like, so the people that I know that when I, like... I don't know, I get obsessive and be like, mm-hmm. did you try that? Did you try that? You should try it. To the point where people just have to try it to shut me up. Mm-hmm. But people d- weren't really trying it. Did it... Did, 
did it sell over the bar? Does it sell well? Yeah, it does, sells yeah, reasonably cool. well. It's, it's a little bit of a, an explainer. You do have to kind of spend a minute saying, well, look, filter coffee's got high acid and it's got citrusy flavors. So a citrusy sour beer goes kind of well with that and they tie in really nicely. Mm. Just have a taste. Have two sips. And on the second sip, they go, oh, actually, you're right. That does work well. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so yes. that's going to be a permanent fixture, do you think? Uh, somewhat. Somewhat. Maybe not permanent, but I will be continuing to play with it. So the guys down the road at Proud Mary's, because Auntie Peg's is just down the road, the Proud mm. Mary's kind of coffee yeah. brew bar. If place. people haven't got, people love coffee and haven't been in there, I can recommend going in and, and geeking yeah. the shit out. Yeah. As an experience, I was ta- I would take people into the Auntie Peg's and say, look, this is this is the experience that I'd like to give, but for beer instead of coffee. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they always have three different coffees on um, and they're comparison coffees. So at the moment, they're doing three different anaerobic coffees. Okay. Yeah, so it's crazy, crazy, crazy coffees from around the world. So a lot of people don't re- might not realise that coffee is fermented. What does anaerobic fermentation look like? Do you know? <laughs> the look at your eye when I said that, like, oh, he doesn't know. <laughs> I was like, stop, stop. <laughs> no, so it's okay an- not to know things. An- anaerobic <laughs> fermentation, I know what it means. It means there's no oxygen in there. And what it does to the coffee, look, I don't particularly know, yeah. but it produces coffee that is vastly... I know that it tastes completely different mm. to coffee that's aerobically fermented. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the flavor profiles and the differences. What they should have done is put the aerobic next to the anaerobic yeah, and said, Nick, a- this, is, this is what it does. <laughs> but now they've got, they've got three different... So it's a process not done very often. They've got three on the moment. And then they'll go to Africa and they'll do three different Africans. Or they'll go to the same country in the same area and choose three different varietals of coffee. Mm. They're just ed- Coffee education, the way that mm. we like to do beer education, it's really, really cool. And I'm learning. I'm learning. So those guys come in a fair bit and drink the beer here and hang out and we've got chatting and they're going to teach me about coffee. So Great. I wish you'd ask me about that like <laughs> in six weeks because well, we're, we're going to go down and do some coffee. Maybe that can be an episode of Homeless Where the Bear is. Yeah. Do Proud Mary Coffee Chat. Beautiful. I bloody love coffee. So yeah. it's perfect. All right. Sure. Let's uh, do it. So yeah, I'm going to be playing around with their coffees and possibly doing up a keg of one of these three beers with a splash of coffee. Um, these three beers that I've got in tank at the moment yeah. with some coffee in it and seeing how it go- coffee goes with filtered coffee goes with hops yeah especially in the the dark beer I'm just trying to think did some people have done coffee IPAs before yep. but I don't know I think Mountain uh, Goat did a filter one I think who did? Mountain Goat I think did they? Seven oh. Seeds yeah there you go it was really good really good but then the next year they went back that same series um went back to Porter or Stout or something. Yeah. It was like a letdown because maybe it was ahead of its time in terms of, yeah, you know, coffee IPA. People, people weren't ready for it. Yeah, yeah, they're not ready. Now they're ready. Now's your uh, time. Three Ravens just did a blueberry coffee Nipa, I think. Yep. I think I tried that one. It was wild. Yeah. It was wild. I enjoyed that one. The one which, when it, whichever one I tried, it, it had blueberry in it. It was really good. Yep. Um, yeah. You gonna do Nipers? Uh, How do you feel about Nipers? I bag out Nipers so much on this show. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I, I actually quite like them now because there's some good ones. <laughs> you <but> like <laughs> them now? Yeah. Um, I had the range brewing Nipers in Adelaide. Mm. Um, they were fresh and delicious. So yeah. I was at Adelaide Beer and Barbecue Fest a yeah. couple of weekends ago. Were you pouring uh, there? Or just I was pouring yeah, there. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so it was our first proper festival, apart from the Gabs uh, Good Beer Week Gala. Thank you for getting that right. Yeah. <laughs> My bosses would be. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, chef. <laughs> Good beer with Gala. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, went and chatted with the range guys and got to try their beers because everyone's saying how they're making great, uh, great hazy beers and they were mm. delicious. Mm. They were really yum. Um, they're lovely people as well. Yeah, they are lovely really, people. Really, really impressed with the brew house, the brewery kind of setup they've got going on there when I was Oh, there. you've been up? Yeah, we, just when they kind of first opened and stopped in and just felt like a smart operation um, yep. I know that they've had some issues with some of the packed stuff mm-hmm. uh, they were doing you know, hand canning there for yep. a while that's um, teething problems learning learning issues yeah um, they were actually here at Molly Rose on our opening night okay so they would have seen 
Probably not our best foot forward. <laughs> the beers were all good, but... They pro- they're probably all too familiar with yeah. how it all goes. Yeah, but that's pretty cool. Sorry? That's pretty cool that they were here. And they, yeah. uh, they told me then. I was like, oh, that's a bit frightening, but <laughs> thanks. Um, uh, yeah, so Nipahs, is that going to... I they can be good. Um, I love the concept of Nipahs because I'm all about yeast. Mm. I've got yeast on the walls. Like... Uh, my tanks are designed to express yeast flavor. Mm. Like I love yeast and using different yeasts and getting different flavors out of them. So for so many years, everybody would just use USO5 in every beer. Mm. You'd make 10 beers and they'll all be USO5. And every IPA, every pale ale, USO5. So the fact that Nipah brings people to thinking about the flavors that you can get from different yeasts mm. and how they can change your beer, mm. I, like, I like that that's opened people's eyes a little bit more and that you get to see different flavors coming mm. from the yeast. Mm. So conceptually, I love it. Um, I don't love the whole idea that it's got to be really, really hazy. Otherwise, it's not a delicious beer. Mm. Hazy above all other. Like, m- make a delicious beer. And if it's hazy, it's hazy. If it's not hazy, it's not hazy. Just make it delicious. Yep. Like, don't yep. sacrifice flavor and texture and mouthfeel to make it extra hazy. Mm. I don't like them when they're a bit too cloying and yeah. sweet. That's where I struggle with them. And yeah. when there's the astringent bitterness. But I think they're... I'm not... I'm not that, that's not revolutionary statements, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, going to Harpy Festival in Wellington and the standard of, of those hazy beers and even, you know, ones labelled West Coast. I think Alvarado mm. Street had a West Coast IPA that was mm. hazy as hell. It's delicious. So yeah. good. Um... Have you had the Mr. Banks recent ones yet? I had the drop the other day. That oh. was really yeah, good. I really, really delicious. I, um, I got some on a Footscray rooftop. <laughs> uh, met him up there on the rooftop. Nice. Uh, which is the best place to, to get given beer. Yeah. <laughs> or to, to buy beer. Um, I got given it, so full disclosure. Um, but yeah, I have loved that. Yeah. Yeah, it was delicious. It was probably a bit high in alcohol for me. Yep. Um, it was like 8% or something. Yeah, yeah. 8, eight two or something like that. So it was just a bit... It was, it was, but the hop flavor in it mm. was absolutely superb. Mm. I, I could not think of a single beer that I've had in the last 12 months that has better hop flavor than that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Which is cool. It's cool seeing that style almost fight through all those teething problems and people like myself knocking them every time I get the chance to actually... And now there's people just fucking nailing it yeah. locally, which is really exciting. It is. It is very exciting. You mentioned your tanks are designed to uh, express yeast character. Yep. They uh, look like they've got high-waisted jeans on. The, co- the cone is kind of long. Um. So I was actually mainly talking about the, short, the two yeah, short say, stubbies. Right. Because I was going to say that doesn't, that's not what I think of when expressive yeast tanks yep. but the short wide ones is what I think yeah, yeah so they're wider than they are tall Yeah. so it's the closest I can get to open fermentation without open fermentation Yeah. they're dish bottomed as well so they don't have a big pointy cone which means the yeast is nice and evenly spread out you've got two so you've got the long ones and you've got the short yeah yeah so the tall ones are better for conditioning and dropping yeast out yeah they're actually much much shorter um, than they're custom designed as well. Yeah. They use the cone and the roof of like a 50 to 100 heck tank. Yeah. And they're only 30 heck. Okay. So they're actually much shorter and stubbier than any other tank that size. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to, for the same reason. Yeah. I'd like to minimize um, head pressure on it. Why does a wider squat tank mm-hmm. give yeast express expression? So there's less uh, less pressure down on the entire of the beer, so all of the yeast, because you've spread out that liquid wide, uh, so there's less weight downwards. Mm. It's also less liquid for any gases or, ba- or flavors that are evolving out to escape, mm. so less li- liquid for it to escape through, so it comes out much easier, doesn't get trapped in the beer. Mm. Um, and just something between those two maybe it's less CO2 in it as well because it's wider and it can evolve more maybe not something about a wide open fermenter that gives yeast this amazing uh, flavor profile they're just and they're really happy they're really healthy mm. um, it's a throwback to the days of old when they're all open fermenters all wide 
so the open square fermenters in England, mm. the Hefeweizen and Lager fermenters in Germany, and like all, pretty much all of the Belgian fermenters. Yeah, I think Saison Dupont, their fermenter shape is. I think they have square fermenters. Do they? I think so. They, they didn't. They run a brewery tour like once every three months or something okay. ridiculous. <laughs> I went there, went to the gift shop, and just bought all the bottles. It's Belgium. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's the kind of thing that Belgians do, right? Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So custom designed. Custom designed. And yeah, it's for yeast expression. And it's really fun playing around with them. I've only put a few brews through so far. Yeah. Um, I'm really happy with all of the beers so far. Um, How do IPAs go on these kind of tanks? Haven't done an IPA in it yet. I'm a bit scared about... Because uh, when you talk about things getting blown off, that's yeah. going to be hop aroma or hop flavor. Could potentially. Be. It could be, but you also look at the hop. Um, hops being spread out across the bottom and having a really large surface contact area. Mm, okay. So, who knows? Who knows? I haven't done it yet for processing. Like, I don't know how easy it'll be getting. If I put 10 grams a litre of, of hops in there, yeah, it yeah. might be hard to get good beer out of the, off the top. Yeah. I might waste a lot of beer. Yeah. So, I've done my IPAs in the tall skinny tank so yeah. that all hops compact down the bottom and I can take clear beer from above it. Just for uh, minimise the wastage, mm, mm. Uh, but I've done the pale ale, the chuckle pale ale came out of it. Yep. I think the ester profile is interesting in it, um, and yeah, the hoppy dark has gone in, and that's had a fair bit of hop in it. So we'll see how that goes. Hoppy dark? Are we talking black IPA, or are we talking more porter with some hops? Uh, should we take a break and have a taste, and yeah. you can tell me? All right, God, let's it. All right. talk about this beer uh so you've poured the beer you yeah. asked me what it was yep um you said a, a hoppy ale a hoppy ale because off mic you said brown porter was you know what the closest style i would say so yeah, yeah. brown porter ish a light brown porter yep um as i said off mic as well i think I'd, and maybe this is just my mind because it is not carbonated but it would work great as a a real ale Mm-hmm. Served out of a cask. I think so too. I think the the beers that work best as real ales are those with a little bit of malt body, mm. a little bit of malt complexity. Mm. And whilst it's not a super heavy beer, it has got kind of a few layers of malt in there, mm. um, as well as a bit of hop flavour. So yeah, mm. yeah, I drink it by the pint quite happily. Yeah, what a yeah, yeah. It's five point three percent, so it's not as light as it tastes. Mm. Yeah. Would you but, ever do cask over the bar here? Oh, maybe maybe cast got to be served kind of all in one night yeah. so if you want to get together a big crew of people who all want to just drink the cask and nothing else I'll do it okay maybe we do a live show here and attendees can only drink the cask done <laughs> just doing an entire beer event because Luke wants to drink yeah. a cask beer at yep. Molly Rose I, I could borrow a cask from somewhere let's Ooh. do it should I put one of these in a cask do you want that yeah okay of course I think right. I think Particularly that, yeah, that beer, mm-hmm. and I think some of the, some sour stuff works really well in cask. You know, like uh, in Belgium at Moda Lambic, you can get cask Cantillon. Yep, um, it's great. Mm-hmm. You know, straight Lambic, uncarbonated, is a wonderful thing. Except for people on Untapped who always rip on it. Yeah, you know the um, Grand Cru Bruxelles, the Cantillon. Beer. Yes, yep. Uh, people is, accidentally buy that. Sorry? <laughs> people who accidentally well, buy pe- that. And people buy it because, you know, Cantillon comes into the country and just, everyone it just gets scooped up immediately. Yeah. And then you see people like, oh, I think, I think I've got an off bottle, it's flat. Um, eye, roll, is, eye rolls don't come through on yeah. podcasts, do they? <laughs> but it's interesting, like, it is. It's a confronting beer to drink if you don't mm. know what. It's quite oaky, yep. um, flat. It's the only, I think, the only regularly bottled flat lambic on the market. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's really yummy. Eud de Biersel. They do the, the lambic goon bags? Yeah, they do. Are they flat? I haven't had one. Uh, they are. I'm actually doing an article about goon bags and beer at the moment. Ah. Some, so speaking of real ale, um, 
some real ale producers in the UK are using goon bags now. Great. So you can buy a five litre summer ale from a brewery. I think there's like, I don't know if it's the south of England, but it seems to be taking off there, which is amazing for a South Australian invention. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I don't know that enough people would want to drink enough flat beer in Australia for that to work here, but it seems like reduces packaging a lot. Yeah. Some of the, you can get some nice Italian wine and mm-hmm. green bags. Yep. Yeah. Had a lovely Barbaresco the other day out of a goon bag. Bought from Mr. West? No, it wasn't actually. Okay. No. They, they, they've got a few. Yeah, they love that. They're doing a, a bagnum. <laughs> really? Yep. <laughs> Who's doing the bagnum? Oh, maybe I've just released some kind of secret that wasn't meant to be released. Okay. But It's a teaser for Mr. West. Yeah. To, yep. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> I don't know if they listen, actually. I'll mention it to them when I stop and I want to get a beer on the way home. So. All right. Um, so, coming back to the, the home is where the beer is, this, this place. Um, actually, tell me your thoughts on the beer now that you've tasted it. Oh. I think it's a hoppy dark ale. Yep. <laughs> Just what you called it. Yeah. Nah. Uh, oh, it's somewhere between like a, a brown a brown porter and uh, American amber ale. It's got a little bit of malt, a little bit of chocolatey, a little bit of... Lingering. Mm. I think the second or third sip that I had really came through yep. a lot more. Yeah. And yeah, a dry hopped like an IPA with Centennial mm. hops and a splash of Simcoe. So, hmm. What's the, um, what's the customer base? What are people, what's the demographic coming in here and drinking and what are they drinking? Um, it's really diverse. It's really, really diverse. So they're all drinking different things. The sour beer's flying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sour beer has enough of a rep these days that enough people, especially in Collingwood, know that sour beer is pretty um, inclusive. Mm-hmm. It's something that even people that don't like regular beer, mm. inverted brackets, uh, can enjoy. Mm. Uh, but then, the, then there's pale ales going off too, and uh, then you get... The, the beer lovers in and they, they drink all of the saisons mm. um, I like the the idea that sour beer is inclusive because mm-hmm. it is isn't it very much very much and I think people that yeah that don't like beer giving them a pale ale or a lager they're going to be like this is just the beer that I know yep. regardless of how good it is mm-hmm. this is the exa- this is why I don't like beer yep. for whatever your beer you've given me but give them a sour and it's like oh what the the hell was that? Yeah, exactly. I think that our two biggest sellers were the beer by a winemaker uh, until it sold out, which is a white peach and grapefruit sour. That was good. It was really good. Um, it was really good and sounds amazing too. Like white peach and grapefruit just sounds yeah. delicious. Um, and then, yeah, the chuckle pale ale because everyone likes a pale ale. Um, now, let's talk about saisons because you've got three versions of saison, four currently um, are they all the same base no no they're not all the same base actually so there's I'll turn that around so you can read it no I can see it upside okay. down so there's the Tilly yep uh, which is the same as the Gertrude but the Gertrude has been aged for two years that's it's my Matilde's beer that uh, is bottle conditioned normally mm-hmm. but when it's fresh out the tank in a keg it tastes very different to a bottle conditioned version it's a lot more bright it's a lot fresher mm. uh, so I, could, I didn't want to call it the same thing it doesn't taste the same mm. so Tilly is the young version and then Gertrude is the is the salad version um, so they're the same base and then and so when it's bottle conditioned it's the uh, Matilde and it's Matilde which is kind of in the middle of the two yeah and then we've got a couple of sour saisons at the moment uh, one was a blend of a sour beer and a saison, and the other one was just soured in barrel. Cool. Um, so, Brancock Brekkie is lemongrass, ginger, and pineapple sour saison, all fermented on the fruit. Did I see that on somewhere, or someone else doing a Bangkok Brekkie? Is it anywhere available anywhere else? No, the it's not available anywhere else. Okay, there's another beer that I saw today on the Fox in the Corn window in Footscray someone's got a Bangkok breakfast 
at least. Really? Yeah. That's very unique. Oh, like, I'm not denying it. I'm not, <laughs> I didn't Google it I, to check that other yeah, people well, hadn't used the name. Because well, now I'm like, wait, is that a, is that a reference to something? No, no, no. It's, it, it reminded me of eating breakfast in Bangkok. Like, you know, have you been to Thailand? Been to I Bangkok? Haven't. I've been to Vietnam. Okay. Closest? Yeah, so the little pineapples, you know, those tiny little sweet pineapples yeah, that get yeah, chopped yeah. up and yeah. they're in plastic bags everywhere on yeah, yeah. push carts and they just, the smell of it when you walk past, it was so vibrant. And then, like, the lemongrass and ginger that just comes through in Thai food. It's just like, you sit in a restaurant and, like, it, those aromas just waft through. I just looked it up on Untapped and I, I'm wrong. Okay. Um, there's a retired beer called Bangkok Breakfast. And then you're the only Bangkok brekkie, so you're safe. What the, hell, what the hell did I read? I'm going to have to go past some way home and find out. Um, yeah, really fun. Yeah. Uh, the ginger was quite prominent mm-hmm. at first, I think. And once my kind of mouth acclimatized to everything, it, it went down really easily. It was lovely. Mm. Oh, good. Mm. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, and the beer that you're drinking is almost a saison. Beer to guard. Beer mm. for keeping. Mm-hmm. Is that what that translates to? Or from? Yeah. Uh, tell me about it. Uh, so it was fermented in a barrel on... Uh, so it was about 250 litres fermented on 30 kilos of clingstone peaches. Is that a lot? Yeah. It, okay. it's, it, was, it was a lot of peaches. It was a lot of peaches. Yeah. Um, do you do anything to the pe- peaches first? Chop them. Yep. Just chop them in half. It was stone and... You chopped the stone in half? No, I chopped the peach in half and then the stone stayed in one side and the yeah. peach stayed on the other. Uh, straight in. How long did it take to chop those peaches? A couple of hours. Yeah. Just you? Just me. It was like 10 o'clock on a night too. Yeah, right. Yeah, it wasn't great fun. <laughs> uh, but I'm really, really happy with how the beer came out because fermented it on peaches for about three or four weeks and then threw it into a uh, brandy barrel for okay. another month. So this was made for Woods of the North in Good Beer Week? Yep. In collaboration with Bad Frankie. And it was paired up with Angoves, uh, with St. Agnes Exo Brandy oh, as yum. a boilermaker. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So it's a brandy barrel aged peach beer to guard. Uh, Bad Frankie's a neighborhood bar around here as well. It is. Close by. Very close. I really like Bad Frankie. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, so it was Seb, uh, the co founder. Uh, was awesome help in putting all these beers together and it was good fun working with him because he's a great dude he's got awesome knowledge of Australian spirits and just making drinks in general Mm, mm. Um, it's nice I'm not sure if it is brandy that I'm tasting or or that almost oxidised flavour of of, you know the spirit Um, it's kind of got that warming Mm-hmm. Flavor, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. You can't tell where the brandy starts and the peach finish. Yeah, and yeah. There's also, like, it's it's a it's quite an ambery, ready coloured beer. So there's a bit of that malt flavour in there too. It's it's really integrated amazingly in the last couple of months. How was Woods of the North? Look, good fun. Yeah, it's great fun. Yeah, it's the one event that I'm annoyed that I missed for Good Beer Week. I think you did enough. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're, that kind of thing where it's pairing up with a a bar to create a beer, mm-hmm. create a pairing, to, yeah. you know, create an integrated um, products. Yeah, it was great fun. It was great fun. You did miss out on it. It was awesome. <laughs> um, so on that day, actually, that was the day before the event at the Molly Rose Bar and Cellar. Yeah. The first event ever uh, that you came along to. Yeah. It was the beer by a winemaker and wine by a brewer. Um, so I left the brewery in an absolute shitstorm, and my parents and Callie, my partner, and her parents stayed here and cleaned and tidied and cleaned and tidied and painted and cleaned and tidied and painted. Well, I went and just schmoozed at Woods <laughs> of the North. Um, so I do feel a little bit oh, guilty, but shout out to ma- family and, and loved ones, huh? Huge shout out to them. Um, they hustled to get the space ready for the event and it turned out and the space was like it was it was a comfortable space for an event yeah um and the event went really well i thought 
It went really well, yeah. Um, that was our, the Good Beer Week team sort of traditionally do one event together as a team, and we chose that one. Um, and I think we're all really happy. I know we're all really happy. Because um, the quality of the, the products were... I remember there was a moment where I wasn't sure what I was drinking, but it was delicious, so it didn't matter. Um, it might have been your white peach grapefruit thingo. Um, and I was just like, whatever is in my glass right now, it's great. And to me, like, the lines between wine and beer were, a couple of them were, were quite close. Like, I didn't know which, which is which. Um, yep. Maybe the Wildflower one, yeah. There's a beer bow. Um, so in terms of what I want out of a beer event, that kind of, um, yeah, that, you know, I'm just, I'm enjoying what I'm getting in front of me and it doesn't really matter what, who made it or how it was made. It's just a, a lovely product. Oh, good. Mm. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Mm. Tell me about the food here as well, because we had some food that night. Um, mm-hmm. Slightly different to what's on the menu here, though, isn't it? Yeah, so that was uh, food that was catered for us by Babajan. Uh, if you haven't been to Babajan, it's a little cafe on Nicholson Street doing kind of Turkish-style mm. brunchy food. Absolutely incredible. Really delicious food. And so they catered that for us because uh, we didn't really have much set up. Um, and now we're doing a kind of wine bar small plates, I will describe it as. Mm-hmm. So some cheese and some nuts and olives and dips, a bit of parfait. Um, and, uh, and then kind of uh, gourmet toasted sandwiches. <laughs> um, we are talking when I got here about what sells the most sandwich-wise. Because mm. my eye... So we're probably immediately drawn to the kimchi beef. Yep. But the mushroom kale and blue cheese sounds pretty fun. Yeah, it's delish. Bit of mustard in there too. Yeah. Kind of ties it all together. Mushrooms are super lemony. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yep. Toasties have taken off in Melbourne. I feel yep. like... I think so. I think so. Um, I mean, I don't like to be the guy that says I've always liked toasties, but I've always liked toasties. I think everyone always yeah. has, right? Yeah, yeah. So why, why, why can't you make... I love sandwiches. I'm big on sandwiches. you got to go to Roman's Original then, the place I was I will, telling you about. I will um, check it out. For, for listeners, there's a new place in Footscray doing sandwiches. They're not quite uh, ready to... They're open, but they're not really pushing it at the moment. They're just trying to get their, find their feet. Um... I had a really good sandwich this morning there. <laughs> yeah, I want to check it out. Yeah. Sounds great. It looks great. The photo looked amazing. Yeah. You guys could all see this photo right now. Just look. At, at Isle of a Time on Instagram. There's a little plug. I, I, only, I don't have that many Instagram followers, and I'd like more. Okay. So Fo- follow, follow, follow Luke. Yep. I don't do hashtags. So I don't get pick up the arbitrary hashtag followers. You should probably start that. How's then. your uh, socials going, social media-wise, speaking of social media? Do I, you, do, I do hashtags. Yep. Do you handle the social media yourself? I am at the moment, yeah. Uh, there is a Molly Rose bar and cellar um, uh, Instagram account. So follow that for little updates about what's going on in the bar. Uh, but yeah, the Molly Rose Brewery uh, Instagram is still me, as is the Facebook. So I did see the Molly Rose bar and cellar one and thought I should follow that. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Um, Thanks. Just because I'm bad at Instagram. <laughs> it just came up as a suggestion. I'm like, oh, is that... Why don't I follow that? I thought I followed Molly Rose. Hmm. But that makes sense. You've got two. Yes, do have two. Just because we want to do, want to keep the brewery stuff around, around the beer and the brewery. Mm. Um, and then the bar and cellar will show yeah, loaf of bread. Yeah, I'm just sorry. I'm just showing Nick a photo Photos. Of, of his own Instagram. <laughs> yeah, good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. So shout out to Oven Street Bakery. Yep. There's a photo of Oven Street Bakery uh, bread. Yeah. Fantastic bread. Nice. All of our toasties are from there. Was toasties the plan all along? Yes. Yep. And the menu is still going to be expanded slightly. The plan was to always have like toasties as an all day thing. And then in the evenings have like hot options. Yeah. So two hot options would be a vegan one and a meat one. Mm. You are doing an event next week, the can launch, what you talked you talked about, um, but you're getting some neighborhood restaurants involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Choto Moto are going to do some gyoza to match up with the Japanese dark lager. Choto Moto is one of the hot places at the moment, isn't it? Is it? I think so. People are talking about it. I've never yeah. been. 
Um, oh, they're on the corner, so kind of like I saw them before they opened, and then as they opened, they're, 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 they're pretty full. They're pretty busy, which yeah. is great. It's awesome for me because they're bringing people to the area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and their food is delicious, just yeah. full of flavor. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, Japanese dumplings is kind of their yep. thing. Yep. And uh, sambos. Oh, yeah, the katsu. Yeah, yeah. little yeah. katsu sambos. Delicious. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good thing to eat. Yep. It's a, and they do it well. Yep. They do it well. Um, so, they, yeah, they're doing gyoza to match up with the Japanese dark lager. Um, We've got uh, chukuri wings, doing some buffalo wings to match with the IPA. Because, nice. I mean, IPA and wings. Yeah, that's a home run right there. Absolutely. You can do all the fancy barrel sours, cheese, a cheese in the world, but a, a wing and an IPA still works. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a classic. It's yeah. a classic. And then um, the Hoppy Dark Ale. Thought we'd mix it up a bit and maybe do a dessert. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got um, Cherry from Black Hearts, who's a pastry chef. Mm. Uh, cherry she Cakes, at Cherry Cakes. If her you, Instagram's phenomenal. Yep. Yeah. yeah, she makes delicious-looking cakes. Um, but, yeah, she's going to do up a little uh, single-serve cake, which we're talking about at the moment. We might leave that as a bit of a teaser. Cool. Yeah, yeah I have to get this out in time then. Yeah. <laughs> it's pressure on me. Yeah, massive pressure on you. Um and then the whole night's going to be hosted by uh, Dan Drogeny, cool. which is going to be very fun. Uh, the name like Dan Dan Drogeny. Yeah. First time I've ever said that out loud. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Dan Drogeny. Um, I don't think that sounds like a usual beer host. Can you explain? Um, so Dan is a drag queen and puts on his uh, uh, persona of Dan Drogeny full of high-vis makeup and he's got a massive beard so he sprays his beard great uh, it's it's going to be good fun he's going to be hosting the night um, and just providing entertainment is it a free event or people get tickets for it uh, so the event is live and you can buy tickets for $30 yep. and yep. that gets you the food uh, we will be open on the night if you just want to come along and have a cool. beer um, and buy some cans take them away uh, but yeah $30 and gets you three pots and three snacks. Awesome. Uh, so it's gonna it's, it's pretty well priced. The food's going to be delicious. Yeah. And it's, I love getting food from different places in one go. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, come, come along, check it out. Um, what, I guess what, I'm going to start wrapping this up. Yeah, yeah. But what do you... What's on your mind that you want to get across? What, you know, what's... To the listeners? Yeah. So, I've been getting out and about a bit lately uh, and people coming into the brewery and a lot of people have actually said, um, oh, what happened to the Home Is Where The Beer Is? I heard, listen to your podcast. It's great. Listen to it with Luke. Really enjoyed it. Um, What happened to it? I was like, ah, things just got busy. So, thanks for listening again, guys. Yes. Um... I guess I hadn't really reflected because I haven't had a, a chance to stop. Mm. Um, I'm really proud of getting open and getting the beers on tap. I think the next milestone next week is cans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so get the beers in cans will be an amazing milestone. Get them out and about. It's, it's going to do good things for the brewery, I think. Um, and then, yeah, just keep working on getting better. Does it feel like home? Yeah. Yeah, it does feel like home. Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Work, work on a few more collaborations. So now that we're easing into it and we've got we've got things under control, we're going to start doing a few more collaborations, making a few more interesting beers, smaller batches. We've got a staff brewing, each brewing a different beer. Awesome. And we're going to put them all on at the same night. Like now that we're eased into it, we're going to start ramping things up on the fun side of things. So yeah. And while we've been talking, it sounds like there's people behind me. Uh, if I turn my head, yeah, a few people have rolled in. Yeah, which is great. It's good. It's, it's very good. A lot livelier than when I was last here. Oh no, sorry, I've been here for a drink, but yeah, when, I, when we were last here recording a podcast. Oh yeah, no, that was sitting just in like deck chairs uh, around a keg table. Yeah. Um, With Adrian McNulty. Yeah. There, we actually recorded a recipe. We did. And I deleted it off the memory card by mistake. 
Um, I can semi-remember it. Yeah, I, I've been not wanting to tell you because I felt really bad. So we went around as a separate episode to that episode mm. and recorded us formulating recipe. Yeah. And I, where was, I was... Beer storming. Beer storming, yep. Um, and I actually accidentally deleted... That's all right. I deleted like the whole memory card by mistake. That's all right. We, we can get people in. This is much more attractive space now that we've got beer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so home is where the beer is. Mm. We, I don't know if we're going to commit to monthly, but I think we should commit to doing things semi-regularly. I think so. I think so. Um, I'd, like, I'd, I'd like to do things semi-regularly. Tick off a few of the uh, pre-planned ones we had about yep. setting up the brewery because a lot of people have given me the feedback that they really found it interesting yep. seeing the hurdles that I faced uh, and how we overcame them. And Yeah. All right. So I think, I think we... Go through that, I reckon. Uh, I like the idea. I like the sound of that. Thanks, Nick. Thank you very much, Luke. Thanks for coming in. It's a pleasure. Bloody pleasure. Great. Cheers. Thank you.